What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Now, the IMF is seeing signs of progress in the global economy. It's raised its global growth forecast for 2023 from 2.8% in April to 3% in its latest report. Joining us now is Pierre-Olivia Gornisha, IMF Chief Economist. Thank you so much for joining us. Look, I, I love what you write here. There are clouds on the horizon, and it is too early to celebrate. Tell me, what is the biggest threat to ruin the party here? Well, the biggest threat remains inflation. Uh, we've had some good news on, on output growth. We've revised upwards a little bit. I mean, there was quite a bit of resilience in the global economy, uh, but especially in the first quarter. But, you know, the momentum is, is slowing down. And, and this is why, at the end of the day, the revision is not stronger than what it is and, and why we're going into next year also with relatively uh, modest growth. But behind this, what we're seeing is, well, of course, headline inflation is coming down because energy prices are coming down. But below the surface, if you look at underlying inflation, core inflation, it's proving more persistent. And that persistence is a real challenge. It means that, you know, central banks, monetary policy needs to remain uh, in contractionary territory, needs to weigh on economic activity to bring inflation back uh, back to target. So that's clearly the main, the main focus and should remain the main focus going forward. Well, and the question remains, Pierre-Olivier, whether or not central banks doing so, keeping policy tight to get inflation back down to target, is ultimately going to come at the cost of a recession. And as you talk about growth that is moderating, even moderating growth is still growth. Take your forecast for the U.S. specifically. I believe 1.8% growth this year, 1% next year. Is it your anticipation that we avoid a recession here, that the Fed can achieve the soft landing? That is right. I mean, a recession is not in our baseline forecast at this point, so it's a very narrow path, of course, because when you get to a growth rate of about 1.1% for as we have for the U.S. for next year, you know, this is a fairly low growth rate, and it wouldn't take necessarily much of a, a shock, you know, an external shock, increase in energy price or whatnot, to to knock that uh, that trajectory off its uh, off its off its rails. So, so here, in a sense, what we're saying is uh, it's a narrow path, but it's achievable. What we're seeing is a slow slowdown of the economy. We're seeing good news on the inflation in the sense that core inflation remains high but is expected to decline. We're seeing monetary policy weighing down on, 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 on the economy overall as, as it's expected to be, as it needs to do. And, and so if we can stay on that path, then we're avoiding a hard landing. What about Europe? You wrote that the euro area set to decelerate sharply. How sharp could that deceleration become? Could we look at not just a slight recession, but a more troubling recession? Well, the, the slowdown in, in the euro area is, uh, is certainly uh, much sharper. We are, we are projecting that growth will uh, c- uh, come down from 3.5% last year to 0.9% this year. So this is quite a bit of a slowdown. Uh, but there's a lot of variation between uh, European economies when you look under the surface. Uh, some of the sharpest slowdown is in Germany, for instance, uh, while some economies like Italy or Spain are doing better than expected. And what's driving this is, is really how 
how global demand is, has been rotating away from goods and into services, including tourism. So countries that are big manufacturing countries like Germany are suffering more and countries that are tourist destinations are, are doing slightly better. Okay, as you talk about services, Pierre Olivier, obviously that is a lot of where the pricing pressure has come from, that sticky services inflation proving very, very uh, persistent. As we talk about the, the degree to which inflation has come, come down, granted everything you said about how far it still has to go, can we really attribute central bank policy to being the reason why? Or is it the easing of some of the supply side challenges we were facing that is the primary driver? And if that's if that's the case, when central bank policy actually kicks in to do its job, where does that leave us? Well, so I think there are different uh, different channels through which monetary policy is playing a role here. So first, it's clearly the case that, you know, some of the moderation in energy prices we've seen over the last uh, six months or so is also in part because the global economy is slowing down, and that's also related to a tightening of monetary policy. As everyone is sort of spending less, there's less demand for goods, as just described, there is also less demand for, for energy to produce these goods or ship them around, etc. So we see some effect of monetary policy there. A second very important effect of monetary policy is that we've been able, central banks have been able to keep inflation expectations very well anchored in the in the medium term. And so here you have to ask yourself, what would have happened if central banks had done nothing and we had this huge increase in inflation rates and seeing nothing being done, households and firms would have started expecting that this inflation could continue in the future. And that has not happened. Why? Well, because central banks got in and tightened monetary policy policy, and that has helped contain actual inflation. And the third part is the one you mentioned on services and the impact of, of monetary policy on the broader economy. We're starting to see signs of monetary policy cooling off activity now. We're seeing interest expenses increasing. We're seeing loan demand decreasing, loan growth coming down quite sharply in, in, in a number of countries. So we, we're seeing uh, real estate markets also feeling some pressure. Mm. So these are all the traditional channels through which monetary policy is is acting on the economy, and they are all, you know, uh, all in play right now. You're a great example of that, Pierre Olivier, with the biggest drop on loan demand and record. We saw that data today. Can we ever get back to 2% inflation, or is equilibrium changed? Has something fundamentally changed with this global economy? We don't think that something has fundamentally changed. I mean, we will have, uh, in our projections, we will have uh, inflation coming back to central bank targets sometime towards the end of 2024 in 2025. So it's a little bit delayed compared to what we were expecting earlier, and that's this persistence of inflation that we're talking about. But we're still seeing it coming down eventually, uh, you know, within a year and a half or so uh, to central bank targets. Uh, let's remember that central banks have the tools to bring inflation uh, back to their targets. And of course, they want to navigate this and do it in a way that doesn't crash the economy. The objective is not to crash the economy, it's just to keep price stability. Right. Well, while we're talking about trying to get to 2% inflation here in the U.S. and Europe elsewhere, we have to talk about the inflation levels in one country in particular, Pierre Olivier, Argentina. You are forecasting 120% inflation. Is there a real risk that they reach hyperinflation levels if things continue on this trajectory? 
Well, Argentina, we've had a significant upward revision of the inflation rates, and of course it's a very challenging environment. It's an environment that's challenging for a number of reasons, one of which, you know, which of course is, 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 is very difficult to deal with right now, is they are facing a very severe drought, and so the, the, the agricultural production uh, uh, of Argentina, and Argentina is one of the major uh, agricultural producers in, in some of the crops, uh, has been severely uh, lowered uh, for this year. And so that creates a very challenging environment Environment. Inflation, inflation numbers at that level is always uh, a very, very uh, worry, uh, worrisome sign. And, and uh, mm. what we are doing is, is, you know, working with the authorities and trying to make sure that we have in place policies that will prevent inflation from escalating from this already very high level. Well, there's also the question of its $44 billion loan, which the IMF is currently talking to Argentina about this, a current review. If it is approved on the staff level agreements, what sort of payout could we see from the IMF to Argentina? Well, these discussions are ongoing, and I think it's a, it's a little premature to comment on them right now because they're really uh, uh, happening as we speak. Uh, but let's just say that we have there are conversations between the authorities and, and the International Monetary Fund. Uh, they are trying to find a package of measures that will be helpful for Argentina and will take into account uh, the specific circumstances that are affecting the country and, and will try to put the country on a, on a firmer path to growth and, and, and monetary stability. And just one final question on Argentina. Would the IMF allow that country to use IMF funds to intervene in currency markets? Well, again, this is part of the discussions that are taking place. I mean, obviously, in a country like Argentina, <clears throat> movements in the exchange rate feed very quickly into inflation, so that's a, that's a source of concern. At the same time, foreign exchange reserves are, are very limited and they have to be deployed judiciously. And so that's kind of the tension that, is, uh, that, the, the, that the country is facing. Again, these are sort of elements that are, being, uh, uh, that are under consideration right now. All right. Well, we look forward to hearing more when you've worked out some of those elements. Pierre-Olivier Gornshaw, the IMF's chief economist, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.